0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. There's been a lot of it's not a storm in a teacup, but it's a storm in uh motorsport world happening between the FIA and F1 and Mohammed Ben Salayem. And yeah, it's just all a bit confusing, and it's had us questioning what F1 is and who owns it and <laughs> how who controls it. And there's a lot to go into, so we're going to be going over that in the next. 20 minutes 30 minutes of this podcast we usually run over but maybe it'll be 20 we (laughs) shall see but to join me over this undefined amount of time to deep dive into the FIA and F1 and their relationship is Freddie Coates and Nigel Chu how are you both
1: hello yeah I'm I'm doing very good I'm all prepared for quite a nuanced uh technical discussion on lots of lovely legal stuff
2: yeah, we've already had ten minutes of it before the half an hour. Really? It's dirty. <laughs> half an hour. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I got confused after about ten seconds. So, yeah, this is going to go well. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're going into this podcast presenting our opinions and thoughts as if we're very knowledgeable and very intellectual about the the goings on of Formula One and Formula, One and Formula One Management and the FIA, when realistically we've just looked it up on the internet.
2: No, we're we also going to try. And pr- it down though, by like people who are yeah. listening, and like try our best to like simplify us stuff because it is very confusing mm. to be honest. So it so is, but us...
1: once you once you get past the first hurdles, it it can it can make a lot of really quite interesting sense.
0: Mm. So let us know if you if we've made sense for you by the end of it, or if you're still confused. Comment below on YouTube. Yeah,
1: if you daydream through it, then then by all means that's fine. But if we if if we do start to sound like we're talking nonsense, then hop if back there... a minute.
0: Give us a rating of how you understand it out of 10 at the end of the episode, and we will. I mean it's not quite trust pilot, trust pilot, but we will do our best to take that on board. But no more dilly-dallying. Let's get into it. So there report reports surfaced last week that the Saudi Arabia's PIF public investment fund have um lodged a 20 billion dollar or over 20 billion dollar bid to purchase the corporate mm. um, or commercial rights to F1 so that's the same group that own Newcastle United and they're getting involved in a 2030 World Cup bid um, mm. and are making lots of moves in. Uh, they're, to, they're involved with Live Golf as well they're all over the sporting world okay. um, and the kind of reply or within the report from bloomberg was the liberty media said no f1's not for sale um they've turned it you know made it very profitable um since they took over in 2017 and it shows no sign of slowing down now and then after that report came out then Mohammed ben saliam the chief of the fia came out and said on twitter and described that 20 billion dollar price tag as inflated and also said that it wasn't just enough to buy f1 and have a huge bag of money and throw that at it that you need to have a sustainable plan for how you're going to manage the series going forward and f1 didn't like that at all and they sent a legal letter um to the fia and the motorsport council world motorsport council saying um this, these are our affairs, um, you know, the FIA doesn't have, a, you know, stake in um, ownership decisions and how we decide who runs F1 and that's up to us. So basically keep your nose out. And so there's a bit of a standoff at the moment, there's not been unless any news is broken in the last three minutes, and there's not been anything else coming out of it, but it will be a situation that could Roll and roll, or it could be something that this is the last we hear of it, and any other repercussions go on behind closed doors, and then it pops up in about five years' time, and everyone goes, oh, I remember that, and then you'll come back and listen to the podcast. So, hello, 2028. Yeah. But having oh, got wow. through all of that, hopefully, I've described it correctly. Freddie, what was your reaction to it, and a few about a day on? What do you think about it now?
1: Well, you can have quite a few different reactions to it. And my broad kind of reaction is that this is um like you said, Formula One uh and liberty as an organization putting the FIA in its place a bit. Um, but that's not to say the FIA's comments are unfounded, but they're just essentially saying, as you say, keep your nose out of it, you do what your job is, and we'll do what our job is. And their job is to increase and produce Formula One as a valuable commodity and if if 20 billion is is the touted figure they have uh increased that by nearly 14 billion dollars since they bought it um these are the headline figures of course there's you know there's so much that goes into that and how that's then a different figure and so on but the headline figures let's just take because that's the easiest way of measuring it of headlines. um headlines because we're journalists um but the the 20 billion shows a marked improvement in the six or seven years well uh yeah seven or seven years since they bought formula one in september 2016 um i kind of yeah i kind of so i do very much get why formula one are strong arming and pushing pushing the fia in the mud a bit because you know if, if if 20 billion is being talented as a figure it's not to be sniffed at no matter who it's from but um and for ben Salime to essentially come out and say oh it's not worth that much formula one has every right to say you as a a figure of influence and of relationship to formula one can't say things like this because you're damaging the value of us as an entity and it can be treated frankly as libelous and um well defamatory really because it's damaging their value so they're essentially saying, watch out because, you know, you're damaging our brand and we don't like that.
2: And that makes sense. Well, what I would argue is that surely many, many things have happened which can damage F1's brand. Like, I, I can't feel, I mean, to take a really, really cynical view, maybe Mohammed Ben Salam so has said this because he uh, devalue F1's uh, so then they can get taken over for less money. Maybe he's trying to help someone out. That has some really stupid view of course. Blimey, yeah. Uh, uh, it could also, it could also be just being made, Well, of an attention, seat, not attention. Well, I guess because what's the second thing that's happened in space of a month, if space of a month with him going out publicly with these things out of nowhere? We have to Andre uh, expression of interest tweet at the start of January that Andretti announced a few days later. Now he's doing it with this, which is obviously a much bigger scale. Yes. So that's a as well. Uh, so for me, this is there's been talk of a breakaway series and things in F1 before like back in 2008, 2009 that kind of time. But so this, is, got, yeah. this is quite similar. I don't think it would happen, but I don't know and it just seems there's a lot more done than usual to me, but that cynical view that I talked about before mate, about uh Ben and trying to possibly help people out um, you know so they can buy a phone for a bit less I wouldn't completely rule that out in...
1: no i i mean I wouldn't rule it out but it is a very very um <laughs> Huge statement to make, and it's based on essentially am yeah. being a bit meddling, and and that's kind of it. So, uh, to sort of pull us away from that, because that's incredibly specific sorry. and only based on you. Um, no, no, don't be sorry. Um, it's, no, a, it's a fun opinion to have, but I, I, um, I don't know, I, I kind of think he's a bit too gaff prone to that. You saw, um, what he was saying about uh, cost caps, it went viral on Twitter, um, at the FIA prize giving when he essentially gave the constructors trophy yeah. to Christian Horner and said, um, this isn't to do with the cost cap its not to do with you cheating and all of that and it was just basically just making gaffes about the sport and everything just without a care in the world and that I think there are elements of it that Ben Salime is just a bit clumsy rather than um, uh, a, a conniving operator but I also do think that the letter from um, Formula One Liberty's side makes a lot of sense as a, an accumulation of a lot of things that damage the brand and I think you can make a very, very strong case for that the reason Formula One as a brand isn't worth even more than that is simply because of mess-ups from the FIA. Looking at the Michael in, in, uh role in 2021 and things like that, the sort of just blatant FIA, essentially meddling, you could say, being being one of the main detractors to the way people have seen the sport, it's, it's, it's widely agreed and just... just gotten on with that the end of 2021 was a disappointment and and a fast and a mess and but the championship is just the way it is and things like that and then you've got the handlings of the way the champion was crowned this year in japan and the way the rules are set and races like spa and suzuka in 21 and 22 respectively being a bit just fiddly and and that all coming from a rule set side that just doesn't really um shine the fia in the best light along with in in along with uh, how you probably if you look at the many many episodes of this podcast that we've done of this how many have we criticized the stewards (laughs) you could probably make a case for it definitely two-thirds of them so like the brand damage to Formula One isn't done by by say Max Verstappen Lewis Hamilton crashing into each other it's done by the FIA's management of Formula One as a governing body not by Liberty and the way they're selling formula one so i i do think there's there's legitimacy to say that this is just finally a bite back from formula one they're like what what what's the phrase and like you poke so much eventually it will bite back and this is formula One finally snapping back and having a having a pop because they're just frustrated i don't i think a breakaway thing's a bit too you know, obviously that kind of thing gets, I don't think we're there yet. But if the FIA keep rubbing them up the wrong way, then I wouldn't be surprised if if Formula One as a commercial property is removed from FIA FIA usage. And I think Formula One is big enough to do that.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, yes, there are things that damage the brand, but like Freddie said, you know, this isn't kind of any other thing or report surfacing that are separate from the FIA, or like you say, um drivers crashing into each other or you know, anything like that, it is you know very specifically the chief of the FIA coming out and saying something that could, you know, damage the asset that F1 or Liberty holds and F1 is. So, and you know, all all of the teams are kind of, you know, it dam- damages them kind of by extension as well. So, yeah, I I think I think it's probably I I agreeing with Freddie. It's a wider thing of you know he his use of Twitter and his use of direct messaging to the public without maybe you know thinking it through or without consulting f1 because there was the tweet as well about his disappointment that Andretti hadn't been you know welcomed in and and while I think a, a lot of us agree with the sentiment of the tweet, then it's still him putting his um you know using his position as kind of a figurehead of an organization that is connected to but not directly. Um, you know, responsible for or, you know, kind of directly arm-in-arm with F1, then it's using that to kind of talk about And I think F1 teams have decided that enough is enough and that, you know, he just need to be maybe, you know, they need to kind of separate and, you know, say, this is your thing. This is what you're doing. But actually, we've got our own thing going here. And within the parameters of that, then you are involved, but not beyond that. And yeah, I think it's just
1: a kind of, yeah, remarking those boundaries. From a PR side, when there's no crisis, there's no need to make a crisis. And from a shareholder side, we've seen that someone like Elon Musk can can drop the share price of Tesla by millions of dollars with a single tweet. So if Ben Salim, if, if the sort of price of Formula One as, a, as an entity is that, is as big as $20 billion that, I don't know, if it were on a stock exchange and things like that, would be put like that then the value could realistically drop when a very, very dramatically with a tweet. And I think, you know, there's a there's an element of, as Adam says, yeah, like you just gotta control it a bit. And silence and not creating drama is is sometimes just the best way to be, just to to keep it gentle. Mm.
0: It's not not um, quite kind of backing your box, but maybe staying your lane.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah the FIA can do the FIA things that's fine because you are your own people but don't jeopardise our stuff just by you know just by being a bit just out of the blue that's what I'm trying to say
2: with his actual tweet though I completely agree with it like if one does get taken over by a Saudi Arabian uh, company or organisation by 25 billion or whatever and then and we don't hear anything about and Ben Tolayem doesn't tweet about it. Sorry, they were complaining and stuff, but he has tweeted about it. So if it does happen, then we could all say, Oh, or Ben Tolayem has said something, this isn't right. So, in a way, oh, this is this is the argument, isn't it? Should the public get to know about these things? Yes or no, I have a strong opinion about it, but. Uh, you can make an argument for yes and you can, can make an argument for no, because if it does happen, a Saudi Arabia take over, there will be a lot of discounts
1: Yeah, yes, totally. And I totally understand that that's the kind of thing, but I don't think Ben Salim is in this position as a whistleblower. Um, mm. I don't think he's he, I think he's I don't think he's there sort of just being the, the anti-hero or the hero for that kind of thing, just sort of going forward saying you don't want this and things like that, because um, I don't think he would need to do that um, in that kind of way um, but I don't know there could, there, I mean there probably is store in him thinking you know you can scare off the Saudi investors by making a fuss about Saudi Arabia because yeah there's so much of a fuss about Saudi Arabia in motorsport but uh, and in sport the live golf thing as Adam mentioned at the top is is probably the biggest example and that's reporting huge losses and everything and apparently the Saudi investors are losing interest in that and they've got their new toy with Ronaldo and things like that so there's loads and loads of different kind of sides to it and I do kind of get the impression that Liberty wouldn't be the kind of company on that their side to just look at some money and go oh money let's go for it but I also do think they should take that nah, out
2: would I, 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 I think every one, I we're think talking about up. billions I, I think they're all about money. I think the people involved in Liberty, involved in any, any negotiation or whatever, they are doing it to benefit themselves. They're not thinking about the sport at all. B, it's someone called about for money grabbing because we go on about this year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And the sport inside is never put first. It's always money. Money talks. That's well, I- so I- I'm not too unhappy that Ben Slam has done this, it might not be correct, but I think it's about time and did something. Like this because the power of F1 is in five or six people's hands that day, and they are trying to get as much money from it as possible for themselves. They don't care about sprint. They don't care about the format. They don't care about the race in the drive. Whatever. They just care about. Money.
0: That's where it really comes down to. No, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, I'd, I'd agree on that. I And yeah, it is. I think the reason, you know, obviously no insider knowledge, but I think the reason they haven't sold is because they expect it to be more valuable and they expect to be able to generate more um, money from it in 10 years, say, when it looks like there'll be more manufacturers on the grid and, you know, the sport keeps growing and that's the idea. But as soon as that starts to not be the case, then, you know, or as soon as they think it has reached um, the point of diminishing returns, then that will be the case and they will be looking to sell up and, Probably unless Saudi Arabia has run out of oil or given all their money to Cristiano Ronaldo, then they'll be at the front of the queue for that in, you know, whenever it is, if it's over the next 10 years. So yeah, I I, I do agree with that. I think, you know, I, I was saying, saying earlier, I think more about the kind of put the general argument out there. And this is what the F team, F1 teams are disgruntled with. But while I can see that that's the case from my own personal point of view, then I agree. I think it's, you know, seeing it out, it's refreshing to see it out in the open and actually you know, have have it being, you know, have it there as a debate and have it so that people can see it and that it's not just some, you know, it's not just backroom deals and it's not just a very few people being in charge of a sport that is
1: loved by tens of billions around the world. It's a very hard one in that kind of regard, I think, because um, a lot of what has made Formula 1 success very successful in recent years is this kind of structure of actually to be honest they have put the sport first and that's the way they've made it successful um yeah i do i do completely agree that you know the best way to make money from that side is to make the sport successful but they have done that by making the sport successful and that then means that rather than them not caring about it, i think actually they go hand in hand and caring about it goes hand in hand with the value of the organized of commercial property um so uh, and that's what then where I concur with Adlin on, you know, holding out and building up more and more and more because this still has space to grow. There could be a, a crash in Formula 1 in, in, in market terms, if you will, in, in the value of it. And that's very plain to see. But either way, they'll be selling up any at any point in the next, in the future, they'll be selling up for a lot more they, they bought in for. And yeah. I think they are genuinely doing things that they see as the best thing for it as a whole. But to tide over, you do need for, for bigger deals. You do need bigger deals with a Qatar or Saudi Arabia is what they're kind of saying, and it, it's, it's a very difficult one because, yeah, you you know, unfortunately, you can't. It, it does involve throwing away morals, and that's kind of not on. So it's 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 rocking a hard place with that kind of thing. Unfortunately, so I'm I'm, I'm finding myself at the moment with it because um, I I yeah. I, <laughs> I, I know no, what you mean about dude. about calling it out and saying that the fans and people who are ro- working in the sporting side of the sport which yeah let's say the fia the the, the whole purpose of them from a formal perspective is making it yeah. a sport so it is good to have that kind of voice there that is that is very true actually to be fair i had not properly considered that but also i it is kind of like to have the sport you have to have Commercial commercialism as well. Yeah, so it's kind no, of like, yeah. they, they kind of basically it kind of feels like they're at a bit of a a rocky point, and they need to sit in a room and yeah. talk with each other again.
2: No, I, I think to me it feels like, and that's why we've got these reports that they are thinking to sell it all, kind of thing, and they're thinking how long will F one grow for? Will it be the you old know, stop? It might be next year, five years, ten years, whatever, uh, and you know these. Then, find fact, these negotiations will be happening all the time, anyway. Uh, and that, you know, it shouldn't happen in public. Those nitty-gritty details, of course, but I think what Ben Slam has done, I think Adam used the word, used the phrase before, is kind of thing we haven't really seen this in in many or any sports really about uh, such influence uh, standing a mark like this. So it's refreshing to see. He hasn't, you know, got into super detail about it. Uh, but, yeah, I know, it, it, it's... At the end of the day, sport is not sport. It's also a business. Uh, and that's the, and the two massive different things play the role here and
1: the understanding of formula 1 as a business properly has been yeah, what's made it grow and yeah. i i have a huge to be honest yeah i think i'm probably a bit biased in that i have a lot of um love for liberty as a formula 1 fan because you know we all became formula 1 fans during the the bernie eccleson era and frankly there there was a bit of oh well i'm not the right fan i'm i'm, I'm the fan of a bit of a niche thing here and i'm not quite the right person to enjoy this and then Liberty came in and sort of rejuvenated that in a very good way but I do think they've held on to what was there in the first place as well for, for the best part I mean yeah you've got sprints and things like that but you still have qualifying and Grand Prix you still have the the same teams you still have the the drivers and you arguably just have a bigger prize now so I I, I have probably a bit of bias of a bit of a um, a Liberty favour because the FIA have always kind of been the en- enemy and Liberty have been the sort of big business saviours but yeah, yeah. They're, they're, it's a bit murkier than than that definitely a lot
2: of that's, that, that That's how I felt like in general in terms of that feeling it's only the last month or so with the Andretti thing and now this where I've got a side opinion towards the two uh, parties there uh, so yeah that's the general thing that I've had so I'd live a fantastic job uh, like amazing job uh, much, much better than I thought actually uh, so you've got to give them credit for that uh, it's just yeah I, it's just the, the thing I said before about uh, it all, all being about money it's not, not just an F1 thing it's societal to me uh, it's my political views or, or whatever you, you could call it that's how I see things in life and it's uh, so it's not just an F one thing; it's a whole world thing to me. You're on mute, Adam. You've been on mute for the last five minutes. That's so. That's so <laughs> Come on, bad. mate. Anyway, 173 episodes, man. Come uh, on.
0: Well, flip side, 173 episodes. It's going to happen at some point. Anyway, um, yeah, I think F F one. It like it is a more general thing, but F one's in such a unique position that it is. Like it's only this, like at any other sport. Like yes, there's the top league, and it's sort of an American model in that there's you know one one professional kind of gate kept league. But even there, there's like other you know a sport at college level, and high school level, and people playing it in their back garden. With F one, it's like we were talking about this before the podcast started. It's is it a formula? Is it a world championship? Is it a continuation of the history? Like it's such a mm. strange thing because, you know, you only have F1 in the Formula One World Championship. You only have 10 teams there. And that's where, yeah, yeah, you know, the kind yeah. of, the the stuff about Andretti and not being able to join, that, you know, it that kind of reeks a bit. And it is, you know, that seems to be pulling away from a sport in into more of a business where it's, you know, there are these 10 shareholders that are in position. And even though there are people deserving to get in that, then you know they're protecting their financial position it's not a sporting thing on merit of who would be the best team to enter and be part of that and improve you know the competition aspect of it so that's where i think f1 let yes it's a wider thing but that's where f1 differs from any other sport than i can think of on the planet is you know it is very very limited in it's just the champ it's the one championship of that sport yes as as motorsports obviously but in terms of f1 it's that's it
1: oh totally at that level it's it's pinnacle sort of becomes another word for monopoly Mm -hmm. um and like you say you can have other sports and you've got things like indycar and nascar which have their own governing bodies and, and prove that they can succeed with that um but there is a defined peak in motorsport and that's formula one and sort of where it comes with the sort of is it a formula is it a rule set is it a commercial entity yeah that's all just being sort of molded throughout time into one big thing but the name formula one is owned by formula one not the fia and they just will just say formula one but fia can make a rule set because that's the fia's job and formula one can use a formula one car in a completely non-fia kind of thing if just put it on a track you can put things on track it's that kind of thing so you get you you get sort of Elements of that, from a business perspective, that Formula One is itself, if I may, and the FIA just is 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 not Formula One, and but they all work together to for the greater good. But that's just the way it's been, and that does work. And if there's a threat to that, it is dangerous. Um, I and all the threats to that to Formula One as a as a FIA race series have come from a mixture of protecting the interests of those who compete and protecting the interests of those who govern. And you got the FISA Focal War of 1980s, which was a big old strong-arm tussle between between the governing body and the teams who wanted a bigger piece of the pie led by Bernie Eccleston, And that eventually was quite was successful. And then you had the Bernie and Max show against the teams in the Late nineties, early noughties. Max
2: Mosley, not just happen in case anyone. Yes, Max, Max Mosley, the, the, <laughs> um,
1: the very controversial former president of the FIA, who was a team boss at and one two-time point. two-time world as well. champion? No, not really. Not two-time world champion. No. Um, <laughs> and that eventually did lead to um, to a very very close breakaway series, as Nigel mentioned earlier, yeah. which you can read about in an article I wrote for WTF One two years ago. Da I um, Where um. Essentially, one of the that's the not
0: the it, web link, by the way.
1: No, that's not. You can just find that. www. Yeah. Duh, duh,
0: duh. Um,
1: and eventually, one of the reasons that Formula One stayed as a thing was because part of the because Max Mosley was essentially forced to go. So, Formula One usually wins these battles, and yeah, the FIA have a bit of egg on their face. So, and I, I think currently the FIA do have egg on their face with Ben Salai and being a bit. Of a chatterbox and a gaff box. So, yeah. to, to, to potentially coin a phrase, I don't know. Um, if <laughs> gaff, has gaff box been said before? I quite like it. Um, but anyway. Um, I, I, it, th- I think the last yeah. kind of. No, oh, go on. No, go on. No, no I was just going to summarize. It's kind of like there's a whole element of it's. It, it takes all sorts to make a world. It takes a melting pot to make Formula One. And they kind of do need to just get on. <laughs>
2: Uh, I think the last kind of topic is how long do we think this is just a one-off thing or is this going to be a frequent topic this year? Because for me, I think it will be a frequent topic because I don't think F1 have a necessary problem with the FIA. It's more Ben Soyam himself, perhaps, who just happens to be the president of the FIA. That's how I kind of see the cliff It's not the FIA, it's just Ben am and the let me see Media, so Stefano, Demetri Terry, those kinds of people. That's 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 how I kind of see this.
1: Well, it, it will be a narrative because we'll be looking for it now. Basically, at least in the early parts, right. we'll be looking for it. Um, and if there is even a touchiness, but it could also go very much to ground for the next for the the next month. And we've got card launches in a week, so we've that, um yeah, have got a distraction.
0: That's my expectation. Is like it it will most likely flare up at some point, just because that's you know like it, it can't not. There's you know there like are fast now. points in in F one, but really awesome. I, I I I think this is it for um the foreseeable. Really, I think you know there'll be stuff will be um said kind of behind closed doors, and you know, Ben Salayan may kind of back down from using Twitter so much, but equally you know at F one may kind of accept that. It went a bit, you know, that that message mate or that kind of letter wasn't meant to be made public and they didn't, you know, mean for it to become this big battle. And I think I think it will de-escalate from here because as Freddie said, it doesn't help any, you know, fundamentally, it doesn't help for there to be this war going on unless there's something really big at stake. And at the moment there's not, and it will be until that next thing flares up and you know it it could be in six months or it could be in a year it could be in two years we don't know but i i think for now you know
1: until there is that next flashpoint then this is it for the the crucial thing for the most part for both parties is that the is the f1 is working and it's it's on the right path as we've said a few times um yes the andretti thing and the sport thing as adam says actually does damage the brand but for the most part it is on a trajectory up and it's on a trajectory up in the majority of of measurable factors so that's good and everyone should be happy with that um so it's it's it gives them a lot to go on whereas previously there's been a lot of sort of flitting around on a lot of reasons to be a bit more annoyed at it and thing and and so mm-hmm. on and um, yeah, the world in a difficult time, but Formula One's come out of it very well, and whereas it didn't come out of the financial crisis in the late two thousands very well, and was struggling, and and everyone was protecting their own interests then. So uh, for for um for now, Formula One is soaring, and I, I don't think it will stop for a bit,
2: even with this uh
1: Tete Tete. Well,
2: also, I, I personally I think we're we to just be speaking a bit about this this year, but yeah, we'll just have to see. Well, we'll be speaking. But well, we've we'll had a very good talk about.
1: We've had a very good discussion about it. So who, it, it'd be a pleasure to speak about it again with you guys.
2: Yes, it was I have to say that though. I. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, Ben I am. Oh, thanks. I think because <laughs> yeah, you have to say something
0: have to no, the
1: good absolutely. for the greater good the greater good
0: and if you do want to see what nigel says then he's at nigel c Jurnow on twitter freddie coates is at Coates 1999 and i am at adam dickinson zero one and we have our at wing and get f1 account as well where you'll see all of our latest podcast uploads and pretty much nothing else but subscribe to that or oh, not to we should have a trailer for this one there you go so you'll tick, see a trailer the bell on so that you see when our when we upload our podcast, And if you do want to see more of what Nigel has to say on Twitter, then follow him as well. And if
2: you use Twitter, I'd literally just tweet about skiing.
0: (laughs) There might be a massive (laughs) skiing fan out there. I mean, you know, (laughs) (laughs) four four British skiing pundits. So, you know, there's not, it's not a crowded market. Um anyway, that's all for today. We'll be back to discuss car launches and a bit of team previews before getting into our season preview and testing and all of that good stuff. So I'm yeah. nice and I will to... be
1: back for a formula e-podcast.
2: Yeah, I oh, won't.
0: Yeah. And on that note, goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Wait for me to say something stupid. <laughs> yeah.
0: In my experience, you don't need to wait very long usually. So <laughs> I shall feel like this could be another Nigel's Wi Fi special, so we Uh-oh. shall see. Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.